We're reading from Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 9, (laughs) and we're reading from verse 1 through to verse 8. You can find this in your service sheets or on page 973 in the church Bibles, Matthew chapter 9. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to man. This is the word of the Lord. You can tell it's a healing service. The front three pews are empty. God is very good. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you'd come by your Holy Spirit. You'd help us to hear your voice. And that you'd fill us with your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. About 13 or 14 years ago, I was leading an alpha group uh, at Greyfriars Church in the town centre where I was on the team, and there was a young lady in the group called Andrea. About halfway through the course, on one particular evening, she arrived for the alpha course in floods of tears. She'd just had it confirmed that, as she had hoped, she was indeed pregnant. But when she went for the 12-week scan, the nurse had seen something wrong, had called the consultant to have a look, and he had told her that the wall of her uterus was badly damaged, that he was 99.9% certain that she would lose the baby in the next few days and she should prepare herself and her husband for the inevitable. That evening, the subject of the Alpha course was prayer. And we always finished up the prayer evening by asking the group for prayer needs and then praying for people. This particular evening, there was no avoiding the massive issue that hung like a black cloud over the group. And as I suggested that a couple of us gather round Andrea and pray for her and lay our hands on her, pray for a miracle, I felt very exposed I had practically no faith at all in what I was doing, and I imagined that in a couple of weeks' time, the baby would be lost, and Andrea would be probably off the Alpha course and questioning God about what had happened. But a couple of weeks later, Andrea bounded into the Alpha course with a huge smile on her face. She'd gone for a follow-up scan and was told that everything was normal. The uterus was perfect and that she could expect an entirely normal pregnancy. The doctors couldn't explain or understand why, 
But there it was, as clear as daylight. And you know, I was so surprised. I was shocked. While also being delighted, of course. And I suppose that despite my Christian faith, although it was relatively new at that time, three or four years old, my faith that is, while I could accept that Jesus had done amazing things, extraordinary miracles, when he walked on earth, the fact of the matter is that when I faced up to it, it was clear that I was still pretty cynical that miracles could happen today. But as I've read more and learned more and heard more about the instances of people being healed, and I have become more and more convinced that although God heals in many ways, including the wonderful way he's naturally put our bodies together, which are very good at healing themselves, and the way that he heals in cooperation with nurses, doctors, the medical profession, I've also become convinced more and more, that we should expect God to heal supernaturally, miraculously, today. So I'm going to look at three questions over the next few minutes, and then we're going to have a time of healing ministry when you'll be invited to receive healing yourself, for healing prayer, for anything you might want it for. So the three questions I'm going to think about are these. What is Christian healing? What, what's it about? Secondly, does God really heal today? And thirdly, if we believe that he does, how exactly do we experience his healing? How do we receive his healing? So first of all, what is Christian healing? Well, last week, Carol spoke about Christian healing in the widest possible sense. When Jesus announced his mission statement, when he told the assembled in the synagogue in Nazareth, Luke chapter 4, that he'd come to proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. In other words, he'd come to bring wholeness and healing to people's lives, their bodies, their minds, their souls, their emotions, that he'd come to bring salvation and restoration to the whole world. How many of us need healing? All of us. Most of all, we need healing from our sins. The things that we do and that we have done that are wrong in God's eyes. And the Bible is quite clear about this. Sin is universal. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not some, not most, not a few, but all, every single one of us. When the friends in the, uh, in the story of the paralytic we just heard brought him on a stretcher before Jesus with an obvious and massive physical illness, paralysis, Jesus attended first to his greater need. Your sins are forgiven, said Jesus. The most important thing of all before any physical needs we might have is our spiritual need to be put right with God. We need forgiveness. And Jesus made this possible by taking all our sins on himself and paying the price that we should have paid as he died on the cross instead of us. And just like the paralytic, 
If we come to Jesus and ask for his healing in our lives, the first and most important thing that he does is to save us from our sins. As we turn away from the rubbish in our lives, he forgives us and puts us right with God. And we find throughout the Bible that it's in God's very nature to heal. I am the Lord who heals you, God says in Exodus chapter 15. And throughout the Old Testament, we see examples of God healing people. He heals King Jeroboam's hand. He heals the Shunammite woman's son. He heals Naaman of leprosy. And when he does that, Naaman's faith comes alive. And often faith and healing go hand in hand. Healing can raise faith and faith can raise our expectancy that God will heal. But if healing was evident in the Old Testament, it is widespread and central to the ministry of Jesus in the lives of his followers in the New Testament. A quarter of all four Gospels, in other words, if you put them all together, it would be one whole Gospel, is concerned with healing. Although Jesus didn't heal every single person in the towns that he ministered in, we often read about him healing individuals like the paralytic, like the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, like the demoniac, the the man possessed by demons. And his healing is always accompanied by preaching. He preached the good news and he healed the sick. He taught about the good news of the kingdom and he healed the sick. And you know what's really good news for us as followers of Jesus in the 21st century is that what Jesus did next was to send out his followers to do the same things that he was doing. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says to them, preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. That's what he told his 12 followers to do. And if we, in case we think that those 12 followers were sort of extra special, a little time after that, he sent out an even larger group of 72 followers. He told them, go out, heal the sick, and tell them the kingdom of God is near. And I promise you, he hadn't given them a course in first aid. He meant heal them through prayer. This was healing in the power of the Spirit and in the name of Jesus. And his followers came back and they reported amazing results. Now you might be thinking, well, okay, that may be true, but Jesus was still around. Maybe with Jesus nearby, his followers could somehow tap into his healing power. But that's not the case. The even better news is what happened and was recorded in Acts chapter 3. You see, after Jesus had risen from the dead and returned to his heavenly Father, and sometime after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, Peter and John, two of his disciples, were heading to the temple one afternoon to pray. And they saw this lame man begging at the gate. And Peter, first of all, got the lame man's attention, and the lame man sort of thought, oh, they're probably going to give me something. But Peter says to him, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have 
I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And he takes him by the hand, helps him up, and the man jumps to his feet and ends up walking and jumping and dancing for joy around the temple. Now, why is that healing incident so important? Well, it's the first time that a miracle is recorded in the Bible after Jesus has returned to his heavenly Father. It means that the power of the Holy Spirit working in the followers of Jesus without Jesus' presence healed people in just the same way. And following that account, there are many, many occasions recorded in the Acts of the Apostles and in the New Testament letters which make it quite clear that miracles of healing continued to be a regular feature of Christian experience. In 2000, a lovely lady called Sandy, who's a great friend of Kirsty and I, and, and some of you here will know, she came along to the evening service as she normally did. She was on crutches as she had been for several years because she was suffering from a debilitating disease. At the end of the service... Sandy went up to one of the ministry team and asked for prayer. When the minister concerned asked her what she would like prayer for, she smiled and simply said, complete healing. Now the person concerned, who I know his name was Phil, who had seen Sandy come into church week after week on crutches, month after month, year after year, probably felt much like I felt when Andrea told us about the problem with the baby. But he did what she said, and he prayed for complete healing for Sandy, in Jesus' name. And within a few minutes, Sandy had regained the strength in her legs, was healed of her lameness, and was subsequently literally leaping around the church car park, so delighted that she was, that she'd been touched by God and been healed. And... You know, Sandy, uh, she lives actually on Southcote Lane and she's very modest about it. But, but she, if you ask her, she loves to tell people um, how Jesus healed her and helped her walk again. And all through church history, long after the last books of the Bible were written, Christians have witnessed and recorded healings in response to prayer. Many of the great church fathers like Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Tertullian, Oregon, St. Augustine, and they lived hundreds of years after Jesus, all wrote of extraordinary, miraculous healings performed in the name of Jesus. St. Augustine wrote this in one of his journals. He said, even now, miracles are wrought in the name of Jesus. I love that. And so today, I would say that from my own experience and that of many people I know, that miracles of healing happen when people are prayed for in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to address just a couple of issues before we actually pray for people today. Firstly, Christian healing is a work of God. It's done through his followers who pray in faith, but it's never something done by the person praying. God chooses to work through his people to heal others. But let's be clear about who's doing the healing. Peter and John prayed for that lame beggar in the name of Jesus, not in their own power. 
And today it's no different. It's true that some people are specially gifted and called in this ministry. I don't particularly think I'm one of them, although some people I've prayed for have been healed. But we're called to pray for healing. We're all called to pray for healing. Praying for healing, in fact, isn't something odd or special. It's a matter of obedience to Jesus. He's asked us to pray for healing. And so we do, to obey him. Secondly, and this is related to what I've just said, sometimes when we pray for someone to be healed, God heals them right there and then of the particular affliction or whatever it is that we're praying for. Like the lame man, like Andrea and the baby, like Sandy, like thousands of others who've been healed in the name of Jesus. But many people who are prayed for are not healed at that time or in the way that we prayed or even in their lifetime. God is not a slot machine. He doesn't dance to our tune. But why is that? If if we're called to pray for healing, if God's a loving God, surely he would want to heal everybody we pray for. But actually, if we think about it logically, if everyone was healed every time we prayed for any kind of sickness or ill health or injury in the name of Jesus, then logically, no one would ever die. We'd always pray for our loved ones back into health and life. But that's not how God has made the world. And that's not his plan for our ultimate healing, which is our salvation. His plan of salvation is that we will see his love shown in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, and that in turning to him, we will be saved to everlasting life in the new heaven and the new earth, which scripture tells us is coming. That it will be a place where there are no more tears, no more illness, no more grief, no more pain, no more suffering, no more evil. And that is our ultimate healing. In the meantime, these occasions we see from time to time of supernatural healing in this life are signs of the final kingdom breaking into this world, which all believers will be part of one day. And those signs accompany the preaching of the good news to call people into relationship with God through Jesus. Back in 2001, I visited one of Kirsty's great friends, in hospital. Um, she was our age, she was dying of cancer. And I arrived at 8 o'clock in the morning, I sat beside her bed. Um, she wasn't a churchgoer, and as far as we knew, she didn't have a faith. But as I sat with her, I told her about our hope in Jesus. And when I finished, I asked her if she would like to pray to receive Jesus into her heart, into her life, and to pray that he would receive her when she died. And she nodded to indicate that she would like to because she couldn't speak, she was so ill. And so I prayed and she asked Jesus into her life and she asked him to take her home. And Jackie died that night 
But Andy, her husband, told us afterwards that when he went in to see her in the afternoon, she was much, much more peaceful than she had been in the preceding days. That she'd been quite anxious in the days before, but she was really peaceful at the end. And I believe that what Jackie experienced was the greatest healing of all. Every single one of us is going to die. But to die in Christ, believing in Jesus, is to be ultimately healed and gain eternal life. There's one last thing I'll say before um, about prayer for healing. Quite often I've heard stories of people asking for prayer for healing for a particular ailment. But when they were prayed for, God has done something completely different instead. Perhaps, for example, they've come up for some physical presenting problem. But when they've been prayed for, they've realised that what they really needed was God's forgiveness. Or what they really needed was to forgive somebody else. Or simply, they needed to feel the love of God as the Holy Spirit is poured into their heart. So in a moment when I invite you to come forward for healing prayer, don't be shy about asking for a specific thing. That's the whole point. But be open to whatever God might want to do. If you just want to have a sense of his love for you, that's a good reason to come for healing prayer. One of the great kind of examples that, uh, that I, I love um, was of a lawyer who'd been attending a central London church. This is my last story, by the way. I'd been attending a central London church And he went to a healing service where the leader was speaking out words of knowledge that people who'd been praying before the service felt they'd received in order to encourage people for prayer. And um, at one point the leader said that he felt that God wanted to heal 12 people of athlete's foot and would they come forward for prayer. Now that may seem rather trivial, but here's what happened next. 11 people went to the front. Um, And so the lawyer's wife, who was sitting next to him, who knew he had athlete's foot, started elbowing him in the ribs to get him to go forward for prayer because she knew he was the twelfth. And when the pain in his ribs became greater than the embarrassment of going forward for prayer, he eventually got up out of his seat and walked forward to be prayed for. And as the person praying for him was praying for healing The Spirit of God came on him so powerfully, it was like a thousand volts of electricity going through him. And he started to cry out loudly, stop, stop. He couldn't bear it anymore. And in the end, he was causing such a commotion that the service leader asked a couple of men to more or less carry him out of the church. And as he went out, the leader had a word of prophecy for him. And as he was halfway down the aisle, more or less being frog-marched to the door, the leader pointed at him and said, that man is being anointed to preach the gospel. And you know, that man's name is Nicky Gumbel. And through the Alpha course over the last 15, 20 years, that man has reached millions and millions of people with the good news of Jesus Christ through the Alpha course. And so, although Nicky went forward for prayer for his athlete's foot, God did something completely different. Now, I do hope that story doesn't put you off coming forward for prayer. (laughs) Um, But hopefully it does make the point that 
we have our wishes and our desires. God has his um, own agenda. There's a, there's, a, there's a verse that says, man makes his plans, but God guides our steps. He knows what's best for us. Okay, well, I think it's time to put healing prayer into practice. And so what I'm going to suggest is this. Firstly, I'm going to ask the music team to come back up. Um, Secondly, I'm going to ask the prayer ministry team, please come up now, the prayer ministry team, thank you, um, to the front. Um, There's going to be, um, the prayer ministry team are going to pray in pairs for you, as you would like to to be prayed for. There are going to be two or three pairs of prayer ministry team over here at the front, and there's going to be um, a prayer ministry team over at the back of church as well. Um, and I'll be, I'll be joining the team at the back. Um, so, and I'm going to ask Carol. Where's Carol got to? She's behind me. There, she's. So Carol's going to stand at the front here. And what I'm going to invite you to do is to come forward for anointing with oil for healing, um, where Carol's standing, where she will just um, anoint you with some oil, make a little sign of a cross on your forehead. With, and pray a very quick prayer of blessing for healing. Um, and then after you've received the anointing with oil for healing, you're invited, if you'd like to, to come over to the prayer ministry area where um, in pairs people will pray for you. Just walk up to whichever pair looks most friendly, you know, um, and, uh, and, and ask them to, to pray with you. And if, if, if they're busy and... and uh, you know, and there isn't someone immediately available. Please don't miss out on the opportunity. Just, just sit on a chair or just wait until they've finished praying for someone, and then, and then go up and ask them for prayer. Um, so nothing is too small, nothing is too strange, whatever, to ask people to pray for. It might be physical. It might be for your. It might be. Uh, for anxiety, it might be for stress, it might be for emotional healing, it might be for relational healing. Um, remember, we're all flawed human beings who need God's healing in our lives. And you might never have been prayed before, prayed for before in this way. And so you might feel a bit apprehensive, but I can promise you that the, the worst that can happen is that you have a wonderful sense that God loves you as he fills you with his Holy Spirit. So don't miss out. Um, Thank you, music team. Music team are going to play some songs now, um, uh, quietly enough, so that the prayer ministry team can hear what you're asking for prayer and and you can hear what they're praying. um, And uh, we'll start. So please do um, come forward. We'll remain probably remain seated for these couple of songs and uh, just come forward for anointing with oil for healing. And Carol would love to do that for you. So, Tracy, we're going to go to the back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 